Before we keep going, I just want to say I do have my AC on in my house, so if there's any, like, annoying background noise, I apologize, but it's too hot to record without AC on. (laughs) I heard that it's like 118 degrees out there. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, my gosh. But it's, it's like, um... A dry heat? Is it as bad as, like, here in Florida with how humid it is, or how would you compare it? Uh, I would say in California, it's not that bad up until it gets into the 90s, and then it just starts to, like, hurt. Oh, really? And the anything greater than 90 degrees starts to hurt, you said? Yeah, it's just like, you know, when it's so hot, it just, like, hurts your skin. Like, you can feel yourself getting sunburned. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, so dry, you just feel like a fish out of water. Now, do they use regular conditioners in California, or do they have to use, like, swamp coolers like they use in Arizona? Uh, what is that? A swamp cooler is like a, it's usually on the roof of the houses, and it kind of like, it's, it's uh, run off water, like to put like humidity in the air, and cool, cool, cool water, um, cool air is cooled by water, I don't know how to explain it. But because, like, in Arizona, because, like, it's like the desert, you know, type deal, it's so dry and hot, um, I guess the... Yeah, I don't know. He makes it better. (laughs) I don't know, probably, but I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. You rent, so you probably really won't know what kind of air conditioning we have. (laughs) I was just curious. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) All right, Mom. So you ready to talk about Sorry to Bother You? I think so. I think so. Okay. (laughs) So... Let's just get into it. What are your overall thoughts on this movie? Um, it's a, it was a good movie. I was just trying to, it, just, it took me a little bit to get into it. Um, you know, I guess with the beginning and with Cassius Green and his girlfriend, you know, I guess young people trying to make a living out there in the world and... It took you a little bit to get on board with that concept? No, not to get on board with that concept, but just to, like, um, in the beginning, I guess the movie, it just seemed a little slow in the beginning. Oh, okay. And then, um, and, um, as it progressed, it became more interesting, I guess, maybe. I don't know, more... <laughs> I really liked it. I um, I saw it twice, just to get, like because I felt like there was a lot to take in. So I watched it twice just to because the first time I felt like there's so much like visually going on, and there's also like a lot of jokes and uh, weird little bizarre things happening throughout the movie that. I just kind of wanted to watch it again just to, like, take in the story a little more the second time. Um, Right. 
Yeah, I would say both times I really enjoyed it. The first time I feel like I enjoyed it a lot more. It was like very fun and funny. And the second time I watched it a week later and I, um, you know, not all the jokes were as funny to me. Not that I felt like they were bad. I just wasn't, you know, maybe naturally just wasn't, you know, reacting to them with surprise because I knew they were coming. I'm getting, I'm getting some weird feedback noises. I don't know if that's going to show up in the podcast, but I don't know. I'm hearing like weird little, I don't know, like clicking and popping noises. I heard a click once, but I'm not hearing it like regular basis there. Okay. Yeah, hopefully it's fine. I hope so, too. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's what it was. It pretty intense. I mean, it's so surreal or so... It's just like, oh, my gosh, is that... Yeah, and I like um, I like that kind of movie. Sorry not to talk over you, but... No, I really didn't have any more to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, yeah, like little... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what What'd you say? I said I liked it, too. Sorry. Go oh, ahead. no, that's okay. Yeah, no, I want to talk to you about this. But, like, a lot of the weird visuals and how it's, you know, pretty much our modern-day society, but there's just, like, weird little corks. And it kind of felt like idiocracy in a lot of ways. Um, in a good way. Not in a it's ripping off idiocracy, but in the way that it's kind of, like, taking our modern day life and extrapolating like uh, what you know certain things that are going in our society will lead to and um, just like little like um, satirical things on TV and stuff like that um, what did you how did you feel about? the movie visually I mean I mean it's sad to oh visually um yeah just visually um visually yeah there is a, a I think it was good I mean <laughs> I uh, I'm trying to think now <laughs> um yeah I it was done well, I think. I mean, it seems like, you know, and shows downtown and neighborhoods and then the business. And uh, I don't know that, I mean, the ending was weird, but. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think visually it was, a, I don't know, I think it was done well. Yeah. There were like a little, there was like some little bizarre things that felt like they were supposed to be like symbolism and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure what they were trying to say with some of the things like her earrings. Like, oh yeah, the earrings, yeah. Like, yeah, they would like zoom in on them always and the first time I watched it. Uh, I was just like, okay, those are, like, I like, those are cool little details, but why are they, like, zooming in and holding in on these earrings every time she changes them? Like, are they, like, foreshadowing things throughout the movie? And then in the second one, I, in the second watching, I mean, um, yeah, I tried to pay, like, closer attention to, like, okay, what could these mean in regards to the movie, and I st I'm still not sure. That just kind of felt like a weird little bizarre thing. Maybe it was just like a bizarre choice they made. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, maybe it's just she's an artist or, you know, right. trying to capture her, you know, the artist 
know. Right, but they would always zoom in on it like it was important to notice. Yes. You know, but then I didn't feel like it really said anything uh, about the movie as a whole. You know what I mean? Right. Whoa. Oh, sorry. What was that? Sorry. What was that? Well, I was trying to zoom in on a picture of her, and I guess I hit a thing for a trailer of it. Trying to see one of the earrings, because I remember, I recall what you're saying, that they were kind of, where they're out there, they're so big, and... Oh, okay. One of them I thought was saying, like, the F, you know, thing, but I was trying to... I was just trying to get a picture of to see, to visualize it again, but um, I must have hit a YouTube trailer. Sorry. That's okay. It's all right. Um, So, um, yeah, I don't know. There was also, like, his uncle, uh, he took his diabetes medication. Like, he keeps it in... A crucifix, like a giant crucifix around his neck. Did you notice that? That was diabetes medicine? I thought that was like drugs. No, he (laughs) said my diabetes is acting up. Yeah, I just thought that was just another terminology for getting using drugs or something. What? What would... Why would he say my diabetes is acting up and then just do drugs? (laughs) Well, just like, uh, you know, like some people, they want to hide the fact that they're smoking pot or something, so they make it look like a cigarette or, I don't know, like a... (laughs) What? (laughs) I just thought it was a rude to... to, you know, it's, well, yeah, like I already said. <laughs> I'm getting an echo off your phone, Mom. Uh-oh. Yeah. Are you... I don't know. It's weird. I'm in my bedroom now on the regular while it's a cordless phone, so... Um, it's an echo, or is it hearing Harry purr? <laughs> what? <laughs> Because Harry was walking all over my papers and all over me, and he's purring now. (laughs) No, like your voice is literally echoing. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't hear the echo. (laughs) All right. So does it make it, I wonder if it makes a difference if I hold it closer or further away? Here, let's pause for a second, okay? All right. All right. It sounds fine. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Mom? All right. Yeah, I'm okay. here. All right. Um, I don't know. All right. So what? So wait, why would you think he did drugs? <laughs> That's such a weird... Oh, goodness. I just figured because I, I just... I don't know. Just I just figured it was a good hiding place for some kind of drugs. <laughs> what kind of drugs do you think it was? I mean, why would you keep your diabetes medicine in the cross? Well, that's what I'm saying. That was a weird, bizarre thing. Yeah, and that's what thought, that's what I thought as well, and that's why I thought, well, uh, it's got to be drugs. <laughs> why what? would someone keep normal medicine that's legal? Well, I felt like not? I felt like it was supposed to be some sort of weird symbolism like uh, you know like our society is a lot of just like middle class hard working people all you know like they cherish uh, God and they take their medication like I'm not really sure what it was supposed to mean <laughs> but I don't know either I just, I I don't know why you would assume he does drugs. 
Because it's a hiding place. It seemed like a hiding place, so I, I like just that. took it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that it was being sneaky and he's figured, being wow, sneaky. I would have never thought to look there if I was if I was a cop raiding a house or going through a house, I would have never thought to look there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's where my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Um. So yeah, there was like weird little stuff like that where I'm not really sure what it was supposed to mean. Um. But yeah, I would say overall, I, li- I liked the movie a lot, and I thought it was funny, and uh, you know, it, I don't know, a lot going on. Not entirely sure what it was trying to say as a whole but there was a lot of cool stuff going on um yeah yeah so yeah i think they had a lot going on there because i mean they you got the well in the beginning what he's out of work and they're living in their his uncle's garage and he's got this piece of crap car that's falling apart that his uncle gave him. I mean, he's lucky. He's got a car if he doesn't have a job or any money. And and then what? When he goes to the gas station and he gives the lady in the gas station, what, 40 cents or something for gas? Yeah. I don't know. It's like change. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, how far is that going to get you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the car's, like, smoking, and then thought it was going to break down just, you know, on his way to work or at this job interview, and then he gets to the job interview, and he brings, what, made-up trophies and awards and stuff like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sad that you got to do that to get job I mean that yeah. is, you know true it's hard to get a job um yeah and we're telling marketing job that pays minimum wage that probably well maybe yeah was on commission well I don't know it didn't tell how much they made other than not make making anything I guess minimum wage Maybe they didn't get commission on any of their sales. I don't know how that. Well, the I think thing I think they only made commission. Okay. Off so of sales. I was wondering that too because I don't know. It didn't tell you other than that they were poor. You know, no well, right breaks. It did say that they only made commission. Oh, it did. Yes, it did say that. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't hear that part then. Yeah. Well, then that really stinks because what they're selling there, wow. What were they selling? I don't remember. Well, I don't know what they were selling down below, but up above, <laughs> was awful. They're selling people right. labor. Well, yeah, but that... It's a different part of the movie. I mean, downstairs. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what they were selling downstairs. I think it might have been. It might have been like a magazine or something. <laughs> I don't know, but it was pathetic that the only way you could sell something is using a white person's voice. Well, yeah, but that's. I mean, that's more commentary on America and how you know. People view African Americans. Yeah, it's pathetic. It is, yeah. Nobody's equal. Right. Okay, so you're saying it's pathetic that the world is like that? Yeah, that somebody can't, they can't be themselves. They have to pretend to be somebody else just to be accepted in the world. It's awful. Yeah. It is awful, Mom. It is awful. And I think this movie, you you know, it's trying to talk about a lot of shitty things that people of color have to go through. 
just to even be poor, you know? And it's, it also covers larger things about, you know, slave labor and stuff like that. But yeah, just like being working class and struggling just to even, you know, keep your shitty job. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Cassius Green. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was kind of ironic name, too, Cassius Green. What made me think of cash, you know, green cash or money? (laughs) Yeah. I think that was the point of naming him. (laughs) 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 Um, so what do you think about his character? I think he did a, he played that well. I thought he, he did a good job. Um, I mean, he was driving to get upstairs. He was so curious, what the heck they, what are they selling upstairs? What is it? And, um, you know, he finally, well, I guess he kind of, his friends are still down below and I guess not making much but he goes and they're trying to form a union or whatever to try to get um you know fair wages and breaks and probably insurance and stuff like that but um his character i thought he did a well job i don't think once i got upstairs as soon as i would have found out what the heck they were selling i could not have done it but he went with it and tried to, I think, ignore. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think the world they live in is kind of a heightened America where we are, you know, like, I know we definitely do this in other countries, but in America there's... um what was the name of like the the factories in the movie? Oh crap! Yeah, I can't remember there that they were they were selling people or whatever. It just reminded yeah. me like people in a prison. Yeah, I mean, we you know <laughs> all major corporations support slave labor or slave labor basically um we just export it to other countries but so in this movie it's happening in the u.s and people are basically factory workers that don't get paid away they don't get paid at all they just get room and board basically and they just work their entire lives in in factories yeah. Which is a, it does seem like even worse though. I don't know. That company what they that Steve Lester, what was his name? The owner of the uh, company? Shoot. I think it was Steve Lift or Steve Left or something. Yeah, Steve Lift. Okay. So what was that name of the company? Shoot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Wow. Why? Well, I don't know. I just thought maybe the listeners would maybe understand a little bit more about the movie. Um, if they knew the name. I well, can try yeah, to find I don't know. it. Yeah. So, yeah, the name of that, the CEO of that company, Steve Lift, has a company that's trying to get people just to come live in his prison-type atmosphere. Um, And they're showing, they're advertising it on Be Free and Worry Free or Worry Free Workforce. I think that's what it was, actually, yeah. I think it was called Worry Free. Oh, no. Company, but it's advertising this, you know, or if you're down or whatever, you can't find a job or whatever, you just come live there in this 
prison. It looks like a prison cells or whatever. And it looks like a husband and wife on a twin bed on top of a bunk beds or whatever. And all the bunk beds or whatever are full. And they're feeding them slop like it looks like what you get in prison. And Yeah. And then they're selling these people for slave labor or people what work probably like 16 hours a day or something. So once you get in, you can't get out type deal. Yeah. Just bogus crap. And I don't know why, even with the commercials, I would doubt not enticing me. I guess maybe if you're... <laughs> Homeless and living on the streets, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was doing a lot of things in a, f like, a kind of satirical, high-end, funny kind of way. So, um, so I felt like it was supposed to look, like, horrible to us as the actual audience watching the movie because it's supposed to, we're supposed to see the darkness in it at the same time as seeing the, um, you know, like the comedy elements, like where they're doing like MTV Cribs, but it's in the like little cells they live in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to look shitty, so it's funny that they're doing an MTV Cribs, you know, style show about this. Yeah. Um, there's also, like, it seems like there's only, like, three TV channels on, or, like, you know, maybe... Oh, yeah. <laughs> what choice does he have? Yeah, when he's there... When he gets his nice apartment after he goes upstairs to with the big wigs up there, the top sellers or whatever, and he gets his nice apartment to live in on there, and yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't remember what the show is called, but it's like, they just like beat the hell out of people. <laughs> you remember this show? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> they just have people on and then they just like punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny that that's a. Sh I just love that as like political satire. It's just like, yeah, we're just going to have this woman on our show. <laughs> we're going to punch her in the nose. <laughs> I don't know. It's very. That was very like. Um, uh, what was the movie I just said? Oh boy. Um, Idiocracy. I feel like the listeners have to get annoyed with how much we forget names and movies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It obviously runs in the family. <laughs> What about that? I didn't get, um, I think, well, Cassius Green is the main character, and then is Riley his girlfriend, or Detroit, or? Um, that's a good question. I'm bad with names, uh, as we just covered. Uh, Detroit. Yeah, yeah her I name is Detroit, yeah. Detroit, okay, so, so, she's supposed to be this artist, free living artist or whatever yeah and uh, okay so she's like gearing up for well for her career she's like does signs or whatever on the side of the road or whatever yeah but i don't get what what I don't know where the building she was standing in front of. It didn't even look like she was advertising for anything other than throwing the sign around. But, yeah. But anyway, so she's like renting this building or something. I, well, I don't know. Does she rent this building? I don't know well, how they get this building. Maybe it's just a vacant building and they're just no, going inside. No, but then she gets everything ready for a Mom, show. Slow down. Art show she's going to do. Yeah, it's an art. 
it's a um like she's having an art show that's a normal thing <laughs> that's that's how art shows work you like rent out a gallery space to where you can show your art okay so she's so then she's rented this building or whatever i guess and um and then for her show you know what three quarters into the movie or half into the movie maybe three quarters i don't know she's doing this art show and i don't get it what what the <laughs> heck is she up on stage and having people throw stuff at her uh yeah i'm not yeah it was kind of weird because i felt like they the movie was both trying to make fun of modern art and show that she is a like strong independent artist who like has strong convictions and beliefs you know and like she's trying to say stuff with her art but at the same time, it seems like they're trying to make fun of what modern art is. And it just kind of, it gets kind of blurry on what the movie is trying to say about her and her character. Oh, good. Thank you. Because I was wondering, what the heck? No, I was expecting, you know, here she's an artist and everything. And with the show, I thought she was going to have like, art up there <laughs> and then so she oh, did this she outfit did. and then has yeah. people throw stuff at her and not <laughs> stuff that probably and then what in that trash can was like some it was like cell phones old cell yeah. phones bullet shells and and water balloons filled with like red food coloring water I would assume to look like blood or like maybe tomatoes yeah so what the heck was that about uh, yeah I'm Why not entirely you? sure it was a perform. it seemed like they were making fun of performance art in a way but it was kind of like well are we supposed to take this character seriously or not I'm not sure what the movie is trying to say I think her character is very interesting because so she wears a lot of like feminist t-shirts and like her earrings seem to have feminist statements on them and stuff like that and but at the end of the day I don't even think this movie passes the Bechdel test like even a little bit like <laughs> like there's only like really two female characters I can think of that have lines or like have any importance in the movie and they never meet or talk to each other at all and yeah it just seems like all like the movie is kind of making fun of who Detroit is as a person at you know at some times mm -hmm. so it's kind of yeah I don't know do you, so I kind of just <laughs> said it didn't pass, but can you think of a a time where it passed the Bechdel test? I can't think of anything. Yeah, when you brought that up, I was trying to think too, because it was his girlfriend, and then there were some other women up there on the top sellers section, and... On the what and section? In the, the top sellers or whatever. Oh, the, okay. But upstairs. The, we never... There were some women up there, but there wasn't any chit, you know, other than just like partying. And then her, and then his boss that took over, you know, when they're doing the, the staff meeting or whatever you want to call that, and they bring in the new boss that's a female. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't recall and any other. So they even like Cassius and uh some like some other characters we haven't talked about, Squeeze and then his like cousin, his cousin uh Salvador. So them in Detroit and Detroit's friend, they go out for drinks in this one scene and Detroit's friend is with them. And they're all sitting at the table talking. And so there could have been a moment where it passed. But the, like, 
the other female character in this scene is not miked at all. Like she, there's a part where she, you know, she mouths something to Detroit, but it's not actual dialogue that is in the movie. Like it's not, you know, like in a lot of movies, there's background actors who are pretending to talk but they're not right. actually talking. It's like that sort of thing. And she's sitting right there at the table with all the all these characters. It's like why I don't know, how can you have a a lead female role who is supposed to be like a feminist icon and then like not even pass the Bechtel test in the slightest. I don't I don't know. That was a little iffy. And then there's also the moment where Detroit is explaining her art show to Cassius and he just like is distracted by the joint she's holding and it zooms in on the joint and it kind of slows down what she's saying and and fades it to almost background noise. And it's like, well, what are you trying to say? Is her art not important is that what you're saying <laughs> like I, I don't know there were moments where I'm like I'm not sure Cassius or the movie in general really cares about Detroit you know right yeah I don't know how do you feel I about think, that yeah I'm trying to think is that the movie or uh, the, the part of the movie when um like can't remember if he's. No, I think that was in the beginning. Where they're in the gallery that she rents or whatever, that vacant building, and they're sitting on that couch, and she's smoking, and she's talking, and he's had a long day at work, and. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I took it as yeah, it was trying to be like reality type thing, like. He was at work all day, a long day at work, and here the woman is talking, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I get what you're he saying. Wasn't really like interested in what he was, but he wasn't. He just wanted to veg, maybe. I don't know. Right. No, I get what you're saying, but it was like, can't we but show yeah, that yeah. without literally fading her dialogue to the background, <laughs> like? in like zooming in on the joint she's holding like it truly made it seem like not only is it not important to Cassius what she's saying it's not important for you to hear it either you know yeah yeah that's a good point yeah because they did yes definitely yeah um made the women <laughs> <laughs> the one woman like they, yeah, <laughs> I know. Not and important. Like, like we're not worth anything. <laughs> and I thought her character was great. Like I thought she did amazing. And the, I also, this stand-up comedian Kate Berlant was in the movie. She was like, she was the female who worked in the, um, the office. She. Uh, and it seemed like she kind of had a thing for Cassius once he became a power caller. Do you know who oh, I'm talking about? Oh, the woman, the new manager that took over? It was is yes. a comedian? Yes, she's a comedian, yeah. Oh, is she really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, there yeah, were a lot of... Yeah, she seemed to have a thing for Cassius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did she say? She, like, complimented him on his pink shirt, and then she said, like, you know, men who wear pink are 35% more likely to become franchise owners. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, a lot of, like, fun little lines like that in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was, like, when they get into the elevator to go up to the power collar level, like, she presses so many buttons on the elevator. 
Yeah, I love, like, there's a lot of little moments like that I loved in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that were just, like, silly, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then this, the thing talking over, I don't know, was somebody watching or was it being, like... Oh, yeah, 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 I'm not exactly sure. But, yeah, there was, like, a voiceover in the elevator to welcome. Yeah. The, yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm not sure if it could actually, like, interact with him at all or not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know. So, what did you, I don't know, I'm trying to, like, there's so much to talk about in this movie, it's hard to know, like, what, uh, pinpoints. Yeah, because it, it hit a lot of things, and I think maybe the, the creator of the movie or whatever the... Um, oh, I can't think of the, the author of the movie or whatever. I think he was trying to hit a lot of different points about race and, and yeah. society and... Yeah, maybe just, like, too many for one movie, because I feel like some of it really landed and some of it was just, like, a little blurry. Like, I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then the people... Yeah, I don't know. Just, um... <laughs> It was, I mean, a lot of good content in there. A lot of good points, I think, were made. Um, delivery may have been a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe, like you said, maybe it was a little too, too attention deficit there, <laughs> disorder. I don't know. Um, maybe focus more on one or a couple of ideas rather than try to put the whole story yeah. The whole thing out there, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, sorry, don't mean to cut you off, but I just don't want to run long. Um, do you want to talk about the ending? Yeah, I was wondering when we could get to that as well. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the ending. Um, do you want to explain what happens? Uh, well, well, I, I guess we hit a little bit. I mean, you know... Cassius Green gets promoted to upstairs, and uh, in upstairs, what they're selling is selling people, slave labor, and I think he begins, to, when he first finds that out, I think he's has some trouble with accepting or yeah, wanting to, to wonders whether is he really going to do this or not, but he does it. He becomes a top seller in the top seller's role as well. I mean, he's just great at selling the people, too. And um, there's just a lot of ethical things, I think, as he begins to sell more and more and becomes more valuable to the company. I believe um, he becomes more ethically challenged, maybe, or accepting does he really want to do this? His girlfriend, De Detroit, then he, she leaves him, so he's left in his apartment, that nice, rich apartment, and his rich car all by himself, and there, so in the end, so he goes up there, and the scabs are, well, them, his friends are still trying to form the union, so now they have to have police and people Did you call them escort scabs? them into the building because people are being brutal to the... <laughs> Mom, did you call them scabs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, Why did you call them scabs? Well, just because that's a terminology they used in the movie, too, because I guess when they're, like, they're picketing and, um, um, picketing companies, you know, like, oh, shoot, I forget, like, when you're, like, 
darn, what is the word when you're protesting out there and you're not going to work because you're standing your ground trying to get the company to either unionize or give you better wages or for whatever purpose? And then they, you know, scabs and, um, um, that's what a scab is. Well, that's what I'm trying to, um, yeah, well, so, and then the people that aren't union members or continue to go to work when, um, (laughs) when others are protesting, um, I believe they call them scabs, but let me look that up there. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Bob. Okay, so anyways, yeah, so they're going into the building and the lady, she throws a can at him. He's got this cut on his his forehead or whatever. She breaks the skin on his forehead. He's going to work. What he's now, he's got this bandana thing trying to hold blood in. And he gets Steve Lift. Lift, the owner of the building, is um, impressed with how well Cassius Green is doing, and he's invited to a party of the CEO. So he attends, he doesn't want to, but he attends um, the party. Oh, because isn't it, wait a minute, is the party on the same night of her debut? Detroit yeah. State, yeah, it is. Okay, so he goes to <laughs> yeah, strike break or sometimes derogatorily called a scab. Yep. So. Oh really? Okay, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. So I just didn't know how to define it better, so that's why I looked it up. But um. Okay. But back to the thing. So he's so he attends his girlfriend's party or debut or whatever you want to call her art debut and he leaves when the audience is throwing bloody water bombs at her and and cell phone crap and stuff so he attends the party for steve lift and um (laughs) and steve lift is doing cocaine and other kind of drugs and stuff in there and so Everybody's drunk and having a good time. Cassius is kind of drunk. Yeah, I would say he is drunk, I guess. (laughs) But he wasn't doing drugs at that time. He was just drinking alcohol, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we didn't see him doing the drugs until Steve Lift wants him to come into his office because he's got a job offer for him or wants to sell him something or whatever. So he goes into Steve Liff's office and um, Steve um, has this tray of white powder all over this tray or whatever. And um, so... He talks, whatever, catches green into snorting this thing. So eventually he does, because I think at first he was saying no, like, right? Or wasn't, he wasn't going for it, but he does anyway. So to get to the point. So then Steve Liff wants him to watch this marketing commercial or thing that he wants Cassius to sell, um, yeah. To others to become, <laughs> it's not bad enough that he's already selling slave labor, you know, getting this worry-free economy there, people to incarcerate themselves into this awful, awful living conditions, and then that the CEO of this company also wants to make it more productive because 16 hours of labor isn't enough. They're not fast enough or being good enough. So so he comes up with this idea to make them horse people? What, what were they called? Uh, uh, equestrians? I think. Oh, equest... How do you call it? Equestrians? I think that's what they said, yeah. 
Yeah, part. Oh no, wait! It was like a quest. Part, part human. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a questarians, maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah, something weird. Well, an equestrian is someone who's like into horses. Or, horses, yeah. You know, so so it had something that was that that brought the two together, horse and human. Yeah. So. So he wants to get the people to become these horse heads, strong bodies, muscular, six-pack looking, tough, you know, fast people, but have, you know, your stand up on two legs, but with this horse and you know, all those muscles or whatever. And, um... So wait a minute. So he doesn't see the he doesn't see the advertisement yet, right? So he snorts the stuff. They're talking, and Cassius Green says he's really got to go to the bathroom. And then Steve List says no, no, and they're talking or whatever. No, he can't go. And he, so he says that he really has to go. So Cassius Green goes to the bathroom, and Steve List tells him it's down wherever, turn here, there, and it's in J room or whatever, right? And so I guess Cassius Green takes the wrong turn or goes into the wrong door. He goes in to try to use the restroom. And in the restroom, he's hearing stuff and or hearing like a man cry or for help or get me out of here or something. And so he still doesn't find an open toilet yet to go to the bathroom. So he, he mentions that, what, to that guy? In the behind the door in the bathroom, you know, can I help you or what's wrong? And so the man comes out, he's chained, and he's got this big, huge horse head and body, and and it just freaks the crap out of him, and he wets yeah. himself, and then Steve Lift comes in and tells him how he screwed up and went in the wrong door and wasn't supposed to go there and has a gun, and... yeah. So, um... And, well, and then he shows him, like, the video after that happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So basically, <laughs> Steve Lift is turning people into half-horse people so they can work harder and longer and they can be even cheaper to produce and sell to other countries and and business people who need cheap labor and <laughs> and he turns that powder that Cassius snorted turns out to be the powder that turns you into the equestrian or whatever which you don't know until the very end where he <laughs> He, like, so, how does it go down? He basically, like, writes all the wrongs he did in the movie. Like, he apologizes to Squeeze and Salvador for, like, for selling out and, like, forgetting about their, their riots and protests to try and get a workers' union for, for everybody and and then he participates in in one of these protests he like participates and plans one of these protests and then well i don't know what he's just back with detroit in in his, in his um uncle's garage or whatever yeah, that's very end. Yeah, when he's trying to redeem himself, he's like he goes on to TV and what was that TV show that you have to sit oh, and have yeah. shit put all over you or whatever, literally crap. Yeah. All over you just to try to get the word out to every human being out there what's really happening at this worry-free jail, you know, prison and yeah. it's like nobody's really believing them. Well, it like it, it backfires. It helps him. Like they're like it just gives him more business. Oh, the word the Steve List guy. Yeah, because I think he's just basically getting the word out there that hey, 
Steve Lift has really cheap labor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you don't know that the the cocaine that you thought he was snorting was really the some powder that turns him into the equestrian human person or whatever. Yeah. Um. And so he wants him. Just to backtrack a little bit, uh, Steve turns him into a, the horse person to, what does he want? He wants him to, like, kind of, like, be the... Spokesperson or sell it, yeah, how great it is. And every he wants everybody to turn themselves into these horse people. And so, yeah, I think he wants Cassius Green to be the spokesperson. But, but Cassius uh, Green, he... You know, it comes ethically, yeah. Well, I thought it was yeah. more he wanted, like, him to talk to the, like, be able to talk and understand to the the horse people. Oh, that too, I think, yeah. He wanted to be, like, a mediator between yeah. the... Uh, yeah, the horse people and <laughs> let them know how great it is and all this other crap or whatever BS stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're protesting or whatever, and so the horse people get loose or whatever. I think he was, yeah, because he still knew the code or whatever, so he opened up the gates or something, and then it just became... Oh, um, so he turns into uh, the horse person, and then he breaks into Steve's house, and... I don't know. I guess they, like, kill him? I don't know what they did. <laughs> well, no, wait. I don't remember that. I remember him still being normal. He's at the protest. Oh, and sorry. And he uh, breaks into the, whatever, the house or whatever, and he lets those people free. And so in the middle of this protest, or this, he turns into, like, a riot-type deal or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then he gets arrested, and his girlfriend or somebody else gets arrested. They get thrown in that that truck or whatever, with a riot truck or something, and so then they're being hauled away, and then the horse people finally start coming out, and they stop that truck that he's in or whatever. I don't know if it was intentional or whatever. I forget now. And so it crashes the truck or something. He gets free. Yeah, like the the horse people break him out of the truck. Yeah, and so then it seems like everything's okay, and then so he's free now, and he goes home back to the garage, his uncle's garage, with his girlfriend, and he's closing the garage door, and he like he hits his. It, I thought he hit his face or something on the garage door, but I guess it was just the pain of now him turning into this his nose and start he was starting to turn into yeah. the horse people and then isn't it over like after that well then they break into steve's house oh they do i don't i thought that was before no that was like right at like it the title for the movie comes up and then it cuts to steve in his house Oh, yeah, yeah, and then, what, does it, like, go on fire or something, or? No, they just break in, and I, and then it's break over. Or something? Yeah. So I assume um, they either, like, kill him or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I forget exactly how the ending. Uh, yeah, they just break in, and then it's over. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty so, bizarre ending. I thought it was f a fun, bizarre way to end the movie. Because, yeah, like... definitely. Because I don't really feel like Cassius in Detroit, like, I don't really feel like it mattered whether they ended up together or not. Like, like I said, I don't feel like he really cared about what she did. <laughs> And that was, like, her whole character, basically. So it kind of, you know, didn't... I don't feel like, you know, their love story was all that important. Yeah, 
So I'm glad that he kind of, you know, got turned into a, a horse person. And then I assume the rest of his life is dedicated to, you know, freeing all these horse people and, like, trying to take down slave labor and, you know, all that stuff. They're finding the reversal drug that they don't really know if it really works or not. Yeah, that's true, yeah. (laughs) To turn yourself back into human. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, let's rate the movie, Mom. What do you give this on the mommy meter? Oh, wow. Um, I guess I'd give it like a... 7.5 or an 8. I think it hit so many topics there. I think it was... I I don't know. He had a lot of good points. Um, Yeah, I guess probably I'll go an 8. Go an 8? Okay. And just like you thought there was too much going on, basically. Yeah, I think it just... If he had focused just a little bit more, it could have maybe the delivery may have been a little bit better, but maybe he wanted it to be chaotic and like that. Maybe that's how life... Yeah. Maybe that's how his life is or how... I don't know. Maybe that's how he wanted it to be. It just seemed like so many issues out there, though. Yeah. But, you know... That's what we adults deal with. There are lots of issues, and we are dealing with that stuff all the time, now, aren't we? Yeah, that's true. Very so, true. I don't know. It just it was, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, you have a question to ask me, Mom? Yeah, so what is the sun's <laughs> pedometer rating? You know, I'm going to give it an 80 miles per hour. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you. I think just, uh, you know, all important topics to have movies about. And I'm glad this movie, you know, included all these different things that people have to deal with and people of color have to deal with. Uh, it was just, you know, so many things to where it was kind of, a little blurry, a little iffy on what they were trying to say. Because I'm, you know, not sure about a few things. And also Detroit's character, you know, just presented as like a feminist. Uh, but then I don't feel like the movie really gave her the respect she deserved, nor did it past the Bechdel test, which is, you know, kind of ironic, you know, a lead female character who is, you know, very political and a feminist and, like, presented as, you know, strong, independent, artistic, you know, intelligent, and then, like, you can't even have two female characters talking to each other. (laughs) Like, that's... Like, I don't think it passed the spirit of the test, nor did it literally pass the test. So, um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be, like, young teenage girls who watch this movie and, like, see Detroit's character and be like, you know, she's something to, you know aspire to be I guess but uh, you know also I think the movie was kind of making fun of her character in a lot of ways too so I don't know so yeah it's just like iffy on a lot of things so but like truly bizarre movie that I thoroughly enjoyed and thought was very funny and like weird and also said a lot of things I do agree with so yeah I'll give it an 8 because I enjoyed it and I enjoyed it enough to watch it twice you know so yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, all right, Mom, what's your send-off? Um, hmm. Don't snort something. <laughs> <laughs>
Don't snort that white stuff. Don't snort the white stuff. That's a good one. It's good. Oh, you know what we didn't do? We what? didn't we didn't talk about like the moral message of the movie, but you know, whatever. We already said it was kinda iffy on what it was, anyways. Well, I think we we addressed a little bit. I mean we didn't yeah. come out and say, but the ethical, the racial and you know and Right. So Yeah. So but you're right, we didn't fully address it. Yeah, well, it's okay. A lot going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, what's my send off? Uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, don't don't keep your diabetes medication in a crucifix around your neck. <laughs> 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 because my mom might think you're a drug addict if you do that. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> All right. I love you, Mom. I love you, too.